Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome to episode 410 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, a very, very blessed feast of St. John Bosco as we continue on through this epiphany season uh, this week coming to one of the conclusions, which is going to, of course, be the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary on Thursday. So very, very excited for that as we prepare for this coming Sunday, which is Septuagesima, getting ready for the season of Lent, meaning that as of this Sunday, my colored lights will be turning to purple, uh, which is also a very exciting time. I do love the purple lights and, of course, love preparing for the season of Lent. But it is episode 410 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where tonight we will talk about about the worst movies of 2022. So uh, I have a dedicated video planned for it, and so I figured I might as well record it live uh, with everybody here as I as I go through my dishonorable mentions, and then I go through my, my worst of list, and then after I go through all of them, I get back to y'all in the comment section to see what y'all's thoughts are. I'm sure there's going to be a couple of films on there that people are going to very much disagree with. Some people are going to be surprised by some of the films on that list, and others are going to be saying, oh, you know what, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. But something tells me, People probably don't see my number one film coming. I'm just going to put it out there. I think there might be some people who think they know what my number one worst film of the year would be, but I, I don't think I don't think you're going to see it coming. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to it in just a few seconds. But before going any further, please make sure you smash that like button, love that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey, and smash the Rumble button. I'm finally back up over on Rumble. And uh, thank you again for being here. As you all know, I do fall 20 to 30 minutes behind in the chat because if you tag me at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin, no matter what platform you are watching on, that's kind of our, our code phrase here, just at Odin. Let's me know you're trying to get my attention and I will be able to read your comments and or questions. And of course, you are more than welcome to and invited to donate via Streamlabs, via, via Super Chat donation, via Hyper Chat donation, uh, Rumble Rants donation, whatever it might be. If you want to support the channel, but of course, that is entirely up to you. Starting off with Rumble, what's going on? Educated Viking, hail to you. Thank you very much for being in the chat over there. We also got Abomination hanging out in the chat, my mod over on Odyssey. And Alyssa, uh, 1234, hail to you. Thanks for hanging out over there. And we got a plethora of people here in the YouTube chat. So we're going to start off with Master of Gaming, hail to you. We got Orange Chat Reviews. What's going on, Orange Chat Reviews? Saying what's with burnt, burnt what what's with burnt orange lettering? That's cool. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but hey, hail to you, Orange Chat Reviews. Uh, thank you for being a, a mod on the channel. For those that that missed it, Orange Chat Reviews is now one of the newest mods on the channel since uh, Stephanie B had to step away because of uh, of work. And Tina B, of course, is continuing to recover. She uh, posted at the very beginning of the stream that she wouldn't be able to listen because she's got to, uh, you know, go to sleep a little bit early with a doctor's appointment tomorrow. So, uh, Tina, if you're listening back to this at any point, please do know that we are, of course, uh, praying for you. And you got a bunch of people sending out their their hearts, their thoughts, and their their prayers your direction. Master of Gaming got started with a question pretty early, saying, I can't wait for your worst of 2022 movies. Uh, hopefully Babylon makes it in. It has been seen to... It has to be seen to be believed. Also, I can't wait to see which studios did well. I'm betting Paramount and Universal. Yeah, so that is obviously coming down the pipe as well, is my studio breakdown of the biggest winners and losers. Just breaking down how much money they put into all of their official projects, how much money they actually got back, and overall, which films, uh, which studios 
uh, based on all of those releases, made their money back or lost it. So that's a process that I'm gonna have to start pretty soon getting those, getting that charting put together um, because it does take quite a bit of work to to get all those numbers and all those calculations in. But I'm very excited for that because last year it was a lot of fun to do. A lot of people seem to enjoy just being able to see where the studios were, what films you know were kind of like the downfall of of one film over the other, of one studio over the other. And uh, it was pretty, pretty cool to see that. So uh, I will say this, though. Uh, Babylon, I guess I get a spoiler of my list. Babylon is not on the list because I did not see it. You know, and I'll mention this again when I actually start to go through my list. But there are going to be a, a plethora of films that I have just not seen. Uh, so if you're expecting some films on the list like Babylon, just know I didn't see that one. That was not one that I w- was able to see. And I didn't really have a desire to see it because all of the uh, reactions to it from from pretty much all circles was was very negative and I tend to go I tend not to go out of my way to watch films that I think I'm going to hate I try to. There's there are sometimes where, for the sake of Friday Night Tights and, and other things, I, I might go see, uh, especially when it comes to Marvel films. Right? I'd rather you know skip those all together. Uh, but especially if I'm going to talk crap about it, <laughs> you know, I kind of gotta uh, know what I'm talking about. I kind of have to know, hey, is it objectively a bad film or not? Right? What what are some of the areas that I can actually point to uh, to try to explain why a film is not doing well or why a film is bad? Um, but usually I don't go out of my way, especially when a film like Babylon's not making really any money whatsoever. Um, yeah, not really my my cup of tea, to say the least. Ambrose Chamberpot, what is going on? Thank you very much for being here. Yeah, that's one of the other things we're going to talk about tonight is not only the worst of 2022 as far as movies are concerned, but also, yes, indeed, James Gunn has come out with his plans for the DCEU. I guess he's just calling it the DCU now. I'm going to continue to call it the DCEU, and uh, let's just say it, it is very underwhelming. It is very underwhelming, to say the least. Uh, and just as I'm saying that, low watermark coming in, donating $50 via Streamlabs. Low watermark, thank you so very much, man. You are a legend. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your very incredible donation uh, and your incredible support, man. I really do appreciate it. Always dropping those bombs like that. Now, again, thank you so much. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich, Worthington is on the chat. We got Great Wuda. Thanks for tagging me, good sir. Saying hail, hail to you. Gmonkey76 in the chat. Keely Chow in the chat as well. Reaper is in the chat. Reaper0878 says, Jeremy of Geese and Gamers well, for Shill of the Year or we riot. Uh, again, I cannot control the votes of the people, but if you have not voted yet for this year's Wednesday Raven Awards, the ballot is officially open. The uh, The link to the ballot has been posted everywhere. Heimdall will be posting the link in a little bit. Um, so so if you're looking to to vote in that way, then please go ahead and and, and vote uh, when you can. Um, but let's just say, yeah, Jeremy Geese and Gamers is up there uh, for sure. It's going to be interesting to see the battle between him and... And, and John Campia. John Campia, of course, a five-time nominee in that category. This is the first nomination of, of Jeremy from Geese and Gamers, specifically for his take on, on Avatar, which has gotten me in a lot of trouble with a lot of people that don't watch my channel. I think that's been my favorite thing. You know, for those that are aware of it, right, there's been a lot of just, you know, random trollish comments uh, in, in my comment section on all the box office videos uh, because of the fact that, that people... Really comes down to this. People who are making the comments that they are clearly don't watch my channel, or at the very least, don't watch it consistently, because they try to make calls saying, why don't you bring up inflation for any other movie? It's like, okay, go ahead and look up any of my MCU box office coverage, and you will always hear me bring that up. Look up at any comparison chart that we ever have. If I'm ever comparing any movie, you know what is always ticked on if I'm using the numbers? Guess what? It's the adjusted for inflation numbers. Um, So it's just amazing to me how many uh, people are just 
so blatantly not even people watching the channel. And again, I understand. My videos can be very long. They can be rambling. They can be quite heady. But when you make comments assuming or insinuating that I, I don't do certain things when you yourself are either one, a name that I've never even really seen in the comment section before, or two, making a comment that's so egregiously false that it's clear that you haven't been watching. I mean, come on. Come on, man. Uh, Keely Chow, thank you very much for tagging, saying, how are you? How's Thor and the wife doing? Leia Freya is doing very well. Uh, baby Thor is also doing well. Uh, Alice McCarthy, howdy. Ooh, how's it going, Alice? Baby Thor, uh, don't know about DC Slate. Blood patch didn't work, so still stream headaches. Here just to, I'm here just hard to look at screens for long. Well, you don't have to look at the screen, man. You could just turn the screen off and just listen. And 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 that should be a little bit better. Uh, Orange Chat says, and I brought my hammer for the bots and the unlicensed trolls. It's more powerful than Mjolnir. Oh, those are some pretty strong claims from Mr. Orange Chat Reviews, who now wields the power. Bruce, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Miss Minnesota hockey fan. How about a hockey player who is a member on the channel? Thank you for being here. CJM753BC. What is going on at CJM? Thanks for being here. General Wingster, our pet troll, is also in the chat. Orange Review says, oh, Odin, uh, tomorrow is my 38th full rotation around the realm eternal. I feel as if I'm at least twice that. Well, hey, happy early birthday. I guess happy early full rotation around the realm uh, to you, good sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, indeed, Garrett Banjo Sandwich and says it right. Get your votes in for the Ravens. You still got a while. I mean, the Oscars, I don't think, are until March, and uh, we go up against them. So you still got plenty of time to be able to fulfill and rather to fill out those ballots. Um, but yeah. Uh, Kimberly G says, Howdy, Odin. Mods and chat, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Rosie G, what's going on? Rosie G, thanks for being here. Gary Banjo Sandwich says, DC has so many heroes. Never heard of so a so, uh, never heard of so a fresh slate of new heroes for us to get to know. I guess that, that was supposed to say I never heard of such a slate a fresh slate of heroes for us to get to know. I guess my biggest issue with the overall release of the slate is is kind of like the shadow of what is already in the pipe. So we already have the Shazam film, which was the only film I was actually excited about. I saw a recent trailer for it, and man, the CGI looks like complete trash. So I'm kind of less excited about that movie now. And then after that, really, there there isn't much less. Uh, there really isn't much else. I mean, there's the Flash movie, which I think is just going to be a complete train wreck. And then you have the Aquaman film, which, again, I think based off of where things are and where things were left, I, I just can't help but think that film will probably also be a bit of a train wreck, especially when you take into account the... Uh, you know, the participation within that film by Amber Heard, you know, whether the rumors of her role being diminished or not are true or not is going to only be known once we actually see the movie. But again, I think that that potentially could could have some ramifications for its overall box office. Um, and we have ZLG for becoming. Thank you very much, DLG, for becoming a member at the Citizen of Asgardian level. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it's it's again. All of that is then leading up to right this slate one as it was being uh, dubbed, it seemed. And whether or not this, this new slate's going to really do anything. And one of the main things that he said in his video, uh, James Gunn did, was that he wanted to try to basically make things less confusing. So he wants to have things more streamlined. He wants to make sure there aren't several movies with s the same characters going on in different universes. And so, you know, labeling the films like the Batman or Joker films, which are the what, Elseworld films, I think is what it's, it's being referred to which doesn't really help all that much, to be perfectly honest. Um, 
So you have that going on. You then have the admitting that the Flash film is going to reset the timeline, but then the timeline's going to be reset, and yet you're still going to have a lot of these carryover people. There was reference to this show uh, where it's going to be all about the character played by Viola Viola Davis, and so it's indicating Viola Davis is going to stay on, uh, continuing to be uh, Amanda Waller, and then also she's going to be interacting with some of the Peacekeeper people and so it's like so are, are you trying to say that John Cena and all of them are going to still also be a part of this universe so it's like picking and choosing who gets to stay and who gets to not to me that makes it a little bit more confusing because like wait you're rebooting it but you're not you know which which one is it this this seems like the same kind of confusion that's been prevalent for so long I mean this is the same confusion that was the the film that he himself helmed right of between the suicide between Suicide Squad and the Suicide Squad you know, so much confusion there as far as what the heck they were doing with that. So, yeah, let's just say I think that some people might be excited. I'm not a comics fan, so I, you know, I'm not a comics person, rather. So I don't have a lot of knowledge when it comes to the DC universe or when it comes to the DC comics universe. And so when I hear these stories and when I hear these announcements, and especially the more obscure ones, I, I don't really know exactly what they're going to be about. I, I don't know what you know, you know, I don't have a frame of reference to really understand whether this is a good thing, whether the characters they're planning on going further into are going to be compelling or not. Um, but it is interesting to, to see what they're going to try to do. And I just personally don't really have a lot of faith in it, to be honest. Let's see. Reaper Ted, I say, easy worst movie of the year is either Woman King or that craptastic Knives Out sequel. Well, you will see. Because uh, let's just say that I think there is a film that is actually crapping... Uh, it's actually worse than 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 all of those films, but we'll get to that in just a second. J.S. Pena says, "Ahoy, what's going on?" Orange Hat says, "It seems that memberships are allowing for colored letter lettering for members, at least on YouTube side. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, see, they always show up as, as green for me, at least, and and with the badges and such. So, again, I don't know if that's necessarily new." Or if you're talking about something else. Gary Banjo says, Watch the dumpster fire Babylon. Oh boy, it was long and not great apart from the elephant. Yep, that's one of the reasons why I have not seen it and don't really plan to go see it either. (laughs) Uh, this Channel with Kenny Lee uh, says, How are you on this cold night? Doing just fine. Doing just fine. It's been, yeah, nasty all day today. You know, here in uh, the southern part of of Tennessee, we've gotten just a lot of the, the rain. I know that towards the west, there's, they're getting either snow or ice and, and all this other stuff. A lot of just crazy stuff. Keely Chow says, if Jeremy doesn't eat pineapple pizza, we riot. Well, hey, uh, don't go see the Mario Brothers film. <laughs> and I'm not going to judge that film yet because I haven't seen it or heard much about it other than the trailers, which I still have the same criticism as before, which is, okay, it's Chris Pratt who is doing a voice to the character of Mario, but I would not say he's doing a Mario voice, and I have a problem with that. that that's kind of a big deal for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really sold on it, but, you know, and for the record, since apparently people, again, love to misconstrue what I say, I want to say I never said that the Mario film would not or, or, or could never possibly make a billion dollars. I said, I don't think it is. I, I don't think it's likely going to. Um, and again, part of my reasoning is, you know, just because you can talk about the number of Switch sales out there, you can talk about the popularity of the character, that does not always translate into a new medium. That does not always translate into ticket sales, uh, especially just ticket sales for a new medium, right? And 
you you add on top of that that it's the first in the franchise. You add on top of that that there are indeed going to be some issues here with uh, the voice acting and when. In other languages, the voice actors sound so much more like Mario than the person doing the English voice acting. That's a bit of a problem, you know? So, could it make a billion dollars? Sure. Do I think it will? At this point, I still don't think it will. So, see, Master of Gaming says, A24, also a winner at the box office last year. X cost $1 million and The Whale cost $3 million. Yeah, A24 usually uh, has a pretty good job or does a pretty good job at the box office because of that very fact. They spend very little on their films. They have a very weird structure. They, uh, you know, I forgot. I don't think, did they do everything everywhere all at once? That may have been a different one. But I remember that one had a weird release structure to it. But yeah, it's definitely going to be one for us to look at. By the way, Miss Martin Muses, thank you very much for the super sticker, Rose. Appreciate that. Very, very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. General Wingster then tried to say, James Gunn, DCU, looks at looks at all the cares I give. None, there's none. Yeah, I mean, anything and everything that could have possibly given any one of us, or me specifically, any desire to see the, the future of that franchise died when we had the full DCEU with, with, with the Zack Snyder vision, you know? Because Man of Steel was okay. I was like, all right, it's fine. But Zack Snyder is kind of weighing this down. And then everything that came after that was pretty much like, I just don't care. And then Shazam came out and I was like, oh, that's, this one's actually kind of fun. I actually like this one. Which is why Shazam 2 was the only film I was looking forward to. But recent trailers especially have just made it look like it's, uh, I don't know. Virtual Fireball, thank you very much for, for voting. Uh, by the way, Tina B., uh, I don't know if you're still listening or not. I know that you said that you were heading out, heading out at the beginning, and, and then I saw you jump back in. Uh, but lots of hearts and prayers being sent your way in the chat right now. So again, have a good night's sleep, and hopefully your appointment goes well tomorrow. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much for being here. I know that she was underwhelmed by these announcements. Let's see. Gary Banjo says, Daddy Shill. Uh, ZLG says, you always bring it up. Bring what up? If you're, if you're talking about Avatar, well, I cover box office, and the number one film at the box office is Avatar, so I kind of have to bring it up. <laughs> Believe me, I look forward to the day when that film has finished its theatrical run, and I no longer have to talk about it. I, I look forward to that day, but alas. Strawman says, I don't understand why so many people are so vested in Avatar 2. Why are they taking your low opinion of the movie so personal? Well, I think it's a couple reasons, right? I think that ultimately... I've made it very clear that I just do not grasp how anyone can look at the film from an objective lens and say, this is a good movie. And I think some people have probably taken that. And maybe I said it in a way that came across as, as you know, condescending. Um, but my guess is that it had something to do with that. Because ultimately, if you enjoy the movie, right, if you, if you just subjectively enjoyed the film, I'm never going to try and take that away from you. That, that, that's never my intention. But if you're going to go ahead and then try and argue for things that just simply aren't true, I'm going to I'm going to fight back on that. I'm going to push back on that. Um, and then also the bigger thing I think ultimately is there's this perception that I'm somehow treating Avatar not as fairly as the others when I've always made it very clear. And this is the reason why I always tell people in my comments section specifically when they make comments like they do, I say, "Did you even watch the video?" I mean, you do realize that in the video I say, this film has made a crap ton of money and it's going to continue to make a crap ton of money. But then I also try to pull back and say, but when it comes to 
these news articles and these news shills who are going to put forth these these metrics that have been broken for a long time. And this is not the first time I'm mentioning it, right? These these records and everything. I've mentioned this previously with other MCU films. And guess what? The MCU fans, the MCU stands got mad at me when I brought that up as well. So it's just amazing how the hardcore fan bases of, of pretty much any of these, right, ultimately, uh, you know, come up. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Let's see. Uh, Jay Espena says, I hate to say it, but due to Eliza Blue drama, it looks like you came back on Twitter for nothing. Well, again, I know a lot of people are kind of going after uh, Elon Musk for that. I'm, I'm just sitting back kind of just waiting for things to play out because, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of assuming certain things about Elon and, and the decisions that are being made. Honestly, from where I stand, and again, I'm not an expert on this. I'm not watching everyone's coverage of this because this is kind of a story that I don't care all that much about. Um, I, again, when it comes to the drama stuff, I, I try and stay away from it when I can. Obviously, I'm not perfect in that. But what I see is someone who clearly was able to build up an image of herself. By building up that image, she likely was able to make a lot of friends in very high places. And she has been able to convince said people that what's going on is actually an attack on her as a victim. And again, do I believe her based on the things that I have seen? No, I don't. But I think that what is going on is, is less to do with any type of nefarious schemes made by Elon Musk and more about someone who got into a position of power and got into a position of influence that they were able to convince their powerful friends. Because here's the other thing too, right? Am I now supposed to forget the fact that she fought very hard to get images of other people, of actual victims, right? Of actually like sexual images of other people off the platform? Am I supposed to forget that? Am I supposed to forget that she actually did do a lot of good things for other people? Again, that's where we have to have the nuance, right? We can go after somebody when they've been shown to be a fake. We can go after somebody when their story doesn't seem to line up and when there's a lot of questions. And we can go after somebody when they're seemingly trying to silence other people for trying to expose these things. But I think we also need to remember, right, that there have been some good things. So, again, this is why I've kind of stayed out of it. I'm not an expert on the story. I'm not watching all the information about the story. I've just seen bits and pieces. But that's just my take from, like, the outside, right? Just, just as an outside person looking in. Um, cause ultimately it's just not the kind of drama that I, I really care that much about. Gary Banjo says your show is on, uh, your show is on midnight UK. Nice. Miss Minnesota fan says list of DC movies looks underwhelming for sure. Kelly Chow, you did nothing wrong. Elliot Page is still a woman. Hashtag Elliot Page is a woman. Yeah. And again, as I've said constantly before about this one issue too, that's the, what initially got me uh, banned on, on Twitter before I eventually just decided to leave Twitter altogether. Uh, before coming back only just in November. And it was the fact that, hey, if you legally change your name, okay, I'll call you by your legal name. But just because you change your legal name does not change your biological reality. <laughs> Red Ranger says, what was your biggest letdown from a movie this year or one that you had high hopes for that weren't that good? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess some of those might come into play when it comes into my list. And so let's go ahead then and dive into it. So the way it's going to go is I'm going to go go and do my worst films of 2022. And obviously y'all are going to have a lot of comments. Some of y'all are going to agree with some of the things. Some of y'all are going to disagree with some of the things, but I'm going to go through it all. So that way I can clip this out later and put this up as my video tomorrow. Cause I've been wanting to do this list for a long time. Um, and then I will jump back into the chat, see what y'all had to say. And then we will again, go back into talking about uh, the stuff going on with DC. Cause I know a lot of people probably 
want to just, you know, <laughs> vent about that or talk about it in general. And I would like to be able to try and, you know, put whatever two cents I possibly can into it, even though I'm not a <laughs> DC expert by, by any means. So with all that being said, let me go ahead and uh, let's get this thing set up. All right, so just like with the Raven Award nominations and with my best of, I have a PowerPoint presentation. Very, very fancy stuff here. We, 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 de we never try to leave anything, you know, uncovered here on, on OMB Reviews. Uh, we, we, we spend all the money that we can. And in this case, it was just some of my sanity to get these things together and to get them to work. So these are the worst films of 2022. So the caveat, as I mentioned earlier, that I always like to give, and the same always applies to my best of list, I did not see every film that came out in 2022. There are still a plethora of films that I have not seen, some that I've heard good things about, some things that I've heard terrible things about, but I have not seen everything, for one. Secondly, spare no expense. Exactly, Abomination. That was kind of like the expression I was looking for. We spare no expense here on OMB Reviews. So I don't get to see everything, for one. And then second, there are a lot of films that do come out that I, I do hear things about and that I might even have the chance to go see, but I choose not to watch it. And normally it's a film where it's it seems like it's just going to be so bad and so crappy that I just have no desire to put myself through that. That all being said, I still did see a lot of crappy movies in 2022, so let's go ahead and dive into our list here. So again, worst movies of 2022, and uh, yeah, let's go ahead and start off with some dishonorable mentions. And so these are films that didn't make it onto my list, right? There were, there were 10 movies specifically that I thought were the worst movies to come out in 2022 for a wide variety of reasons, but these are ones that were also not good. All right, so again, there's a lot of films I didn't see, but out of the films that I did see, these were the ones that I thought were really bad, but not bad enough to make it onto my top 10 list. And so the first one should come as no surprise to anyone, except for the fact that it's not on my official list. And so my first dishonorable mention is Avatar, The Way of Water. That's right, it should come to no surprise that I vastly, vehemently dislike this movie. The story is utter trash. People can try and, and, and spin in their heads all they want about, but the strong, you know, father character, you know, the strong, you know, uh, father narrative is there. And for me, I'm like, okay, but let's just go back to those first 10 minutes when you have a convoluted storyline coming out of thin air, right? You have the, the, the villain who died in the first film magically is back with, with something that happened off screen. And not only did that happen off screen, he also happened to have a child off screen too, who becomes one of the most annoying characters in the entire film as well. So basically everything is contrived together, just like with what we saw with the first film, right? He just decided to throw in a bunch of ideas from other better stories and other better franchises into this and put it all behind motion capture. And, I, and someone actually made a very good point about this in the comment section on uh, one of the videos dealing with Avatar's box office of they feel bad for the kids. Or rather, they, they said that, you know, for the kids, right, they're excited for them going forward. And I said, I actually kind of feel bad for them because other than the Avatar movies, what else could they possibly have going forward? Because if you think about it, no one's going to recognize them or know who they are from this point going forward. Because they're covered in this motion capture suit. And so unless you're someone who loves this enough to go and watch the special features, any other general audience member who even loved this movie, if they see those kids... Later on in other projects, they're going to say, I don't know who that is. I'm not going to care about who that is. So ultimately, though, the story is is really what comes down to why I just cannot stand this movie. And it is easily one of the worst films of 2022. But it is a dishonorable mention. There are a, plen a plethora of other films that I thought were much, much worse than this. Not only 
on an objective level, but also especially in my own subjective experience. Coming in at the next dishonorable mention is Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. So this film got nominated by a lot, uh, by uh, rather got a lot of Raven nominations for its writing. And obviously the story on this one has been torn to shreds by, by people of any sound mind. The movie is incredibly just elitist snobbery put to the very, you know, put put on blast. This is kind of what Ryan Johnson is very well known for, right? This movie is just not, not good. The reason why this film didn't quite make it onto my top 10 list is because I actually did like some of the performances in the movie. That all being said, those performances were very few and far between, and ultimately they kind of got glossed over by the fact that the characters were so poorly written that the performances just kind of didn't even matter. So, again, very, very bad film altogether, but ultimately not one of the worst films, uh, not the top 10 worst films for me, but a bad film nonetheless. So, again, all these movies are bad, right? All these movies are on my worst list, but these are the ones that just didn't quite make it into the top 10. Glass Onion, though, terrible, terrible film, and a lot of it is because of the pretentious nature of its story. Coming in at the next spot of my dishonorable mentions is Jackass Forever. So, I am someone that grew up watching the original Jackass show, and I always thought it was hilarious. Um, even the movies, right? I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed most of the releases that they have done. Uh, the one that I didn't care much for was the Grandpa movie. I just, for me, it was a little bit too much. And then for this one, I honestly just felt like they were trying a little bit too hard. And so even though there were definitely some gags, and I think there were definitely some, some, you know, some skits that were funny... Overall, I just didn't find them all that enjoyable. And so ultimately, this film felt very, very flat for me. It was very underwhelming. So kind of getting to the comment that was made earlier, this was a movie that I actually had some high hopes for, and it ended up letting me down quite a bit. So Jackass Forever, one of, uh, again, one of my least favorite films of, of this year, and mostly because it was just a disappointment. Again, there were some good things on there. Um, there were some fun moments, but ultimately, it just didn't have that magic that you had in some of the other ones. Again, it felt it felt very forced at times. All right, the next dishonorable mention is The Woman King, or another way to say it is the king, or rather the film, that decides to completely destroy and distort history all for the purposes of pushing some type of ideolo ideological agenda. And that happens from the very get-go with this movie. The very beginning of the film deals with, or rather, the beginning of The Woman King starts with a voiceover with text scrolling down the screen, and it, it tries to play up the fact that this tribe, right, of the Dahomey Kingdom, right, is a very dominant force. It tries to explain why they have conquered some of these other tribes and why these, um, you know, battles are going on. And then over the course of the movie, they make it very clear that it's the white Europeans that are evil. And anything done by the Dahomey Kingdom is justified or even just downright good. And Anything that is even critical of the Dahomey Kingdom, like the fact that they have slaves, right? At one point, the the general, uh, right, the, the 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 female general, played by Viola Davis, mentions this very fact about why this is a bad thing. And guess what? The blame is put on the blame is put on not the previous rulers, not on the tribes, and not on the people, but it's put onto the Europeans. So it turns into a story about the Europeans trying to take over Africa. And then they gloss over the fact that they've enslaved their own people, and then they try to pretend as if slavery as a concept is somehow a Western one, 
that did not exist in the country, in the continent, until the European settlers. It's just, again, rewriting history to an absurd degree, and uh, the writing really is its downfall. There's really good acting in it, though. As much as Viola Davis is, is, is unsufferable when it came to her promotion of this movie, she's a great actress. You know, I can separate art from the artist, and so I can still give her credit for giving a great performance in this movie, and there's a lot of other strong performances, too. And that's the only reason why it didn't make it into the top 10 of the year, because everything else is just trash about that story. The next film is Uncharted. I won't speak very long about this one, because it's a video game adaptation that ignored everything that was good about the video game. And I take that only because I didn't actually play the video game, but everyone who has, immediately even from casting, said, that isn't Nathan Drake. And then the film came out, and people said, that's not Nathan Drake still. And the CGI especially is terrible. There's one sequence in particular where he's hopping from item to item that's falling out of a plane, and it's some of the fakest stuff I've ever seen in my in my life. The only thing that was missing was his spider suit, and that's the kind of like animation style and movement that was being seen. It was just just awful. Uh, the next film on my dishonorable mention film is Black is Black Adam movie. I just again did not like. Uh, when it comes to Pierce Brosnan, he was really the best part of the movie. He gave a great supporting uh, performance, but he was just a supporting character. And there's a couple of supporting characters, I think, that did a good job. But there's also a couple of supporting characters, especially some of the kids in the film, that just were so bad. And then, of course, you had The Rock as Black Adam, who was just playing The Rock. And it's like, okay, why should I care about any of these things? Why, why should I care about any of these uh, these moments in the movie? So... The thing that kept this off my top 10 list of worst films, though, is, I again, Pierce Brosnan. Got to give kudos to uh, to Pierce Brosnan because he did a great job with it. All right, and then my second to last honorable dishonorable mention is a film that I know a bunch of you liked. I did not, and that film is Violent Night. I thought this film was atrocious. This film, it wasn't funny. Everything about the story was so on the nose, and it was so incredibly predictable that it kept it from possibly ever being enjoyable. You know, there is that in-your-face humor, and again, I know a lot of people like this movie. There's that in this in-your-face humor that can exist, right? That in-your-face humor that can exist, that uh, can be funny. This to me just pushed it way too far. It just it didn't just push it in your face. It literally slammed it in your face and then rubbed your face in it and then made and then stepped on the back of your head while you were doing it. I mean, when you got to the point where this little kid. Uh, not little kid, but he's like a teenager, is trying to do like Snapchat promotions or Instagram promo- promotions and he's supposed to be like an influencer. That's like the point of the film where I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, like no, just just, just stop. Just, just please go away. Just please stop. And then they decided, of course, to change the entire background of where Santa Claus comes from and turns it into something that's not even close to the fact that Santa Claus, by the way, for people who don't know, it's actually, it, it, you know, Santa Claus, Saint Nicholas, Saint Niklaus, actual person named Saint Nicholas. Obviously, not, you know, the real Saint Nicholas was not, you know, the person that we know as Santa Claus, but they decide to take it in a different direction and decide to give him a different origin story. And I just thought it was just a bit, again, on the nose and just downright stupid. So, not, not a good film, uh, in my humble opinion, and so it's a dishonorable mention. And the last of the dishonorable mentions is Death on the Nile. Talk about a movie that should have been better than what it was. You look at the casting, you look at uh, the people involved with the project, and, and actually, uh, the previous film was actually one of my big surprises of, of the year. I actually enjoyed the previous film in this in this franchise of, of Mr. Poirot. 
Right, this new iteration of the character of Poirot, and I know that if, if uh, Tina was around, she would probably have a lot of things to say about it. But this one, the acting was just not good. It, it just wasn't there. But what was even worse was the writing, and the ending of the movie especially, with how things play out. I was rolling my eyes. The CGI, the effects that they use, way too much in the movie too. Just, just nothing really redeemable about, about the film, um, other than maybe a couple of people who are like decent and okay. But those are my dishonorable mentions for worst films of 2022, which leads into the official top 10 list. Let's go ahead and dive into it. And again, I am recording this live on the OMB. Uh, I am rather recording this live on the Welcome to Asgard podcast. So don't worry. I will get into your comments as soon as I finish this. But let's go ahead and dive into the top 10 worst films of 2022. Coming in at number 10, we have Halloween Ends. Yes, you knew this had to be somewhere on my list because... I was so let down after Halloween Kills, and I still actually hold I dislike Halloween Kills a bit more than Halloween Ends. I just really just didn't like anything about Halloween Kills, and the ending of Halloween Kills to me is just so poorly put together. It's hard for me to let that go. That being said, that doesn't make this film any much better, especially when you think about this film and contemplate this film and really just what it does. The fact that it's called Halloween Ends and it's supposed to be a film, right, featuring Michael Myers. And Michael Myers is only in the film for what? Am I being generous if I say 20% of the movie? He's in it for 20% of it. Is that is that generous? I think that's a, I think that's a pretty generous one, right? Um, so 20% of the movie, he's in it. That does not make any sense. That, that is a terrible decision. From, from that moment alone, you're like, okay, this is stupid. But what I did like about the movie and why it's a little bit lower on my list is because the very beginning scene, I thought was actually done very well. Very, very creepy. Very spooky way to start it, right? The babysitter who kicks the door open, ends up, you know, killing this kid. And you're like, whoa, okay, we're, we're getting started. <laughs> we're just, you know, getting the ball rolling. And then everything from there just falls completely flat on its face. And then you lead to the ending, trying to put a pin into the entire thing with, with Michael Myers. And it's just, uh, yeah. I'm glad it's ended. I'm glad that this is over, but is it going to be over? Are they going to be done with it? Uh, it's too hard to say at this point in time, but number 10, Halloween ends. Coming in at the number nine worst film of the year, Moonfall, a movie that most people didn't see. It's one of the biggest flops of 2022, and uh, there's very good reason as to why that is the case. In fact, even now, trying to remember anything about the movie, I really can't give you much. All I know is that there's one, the really big guy uh, who was friends with Jon Snow in <laughs> Game of Thrones, he's in it. He plays a scientist who's trying to say that the moon is, is actually really a, a hollow structure that is being used by, like, what, aliens, I think, if I remember correctly. I think that's what it was. Again, I've forgotten so much about the story because of how forgettable and how boring and how bland it actually was. Halle Berry, I think, was in the movie, too. Let's just say this movie is incredibly forgettable, had a lot of money spent on visual effects that, for the most part, don't really pan out and don't really uh, work all that well. But the story is so forgettable that I'm just going to go ahead and move on to the number eight film. So the number eight worst film of 2022 is Ambulance. This was a movie I had a lot of bad things to say when it came out. The worst thing about it is the cinematography. They thought they were being clever. 
They thought that they were going to be really clever with the way they were using shaky cam to make it seem like it was a lot more of a bumpy ride inside the ambulance when they have the ambulance chase, chase sequences. They thought they were going to be clever by having these drone shots and these very incredible fast-moving uh, you know, drone, uh, drone images. And in the end, it created a cacophony of noise that probably would have made and probably did make a lot of people really sick. The cinematography on this movie is just completely garbage. And it is one it's some of the worst cinematography that I've actually seen in, in a very, very long time. And this made me very sad because I was excited for the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal was in the movie. I'm a big fan of his. And even the performance that he gives in the film, which was okay, could not make up for the terrible cinematography, the really bad supporting characters, the really bad supporting uh, you know, actors in the film, too, that didn't really help matters all that much. And so Ambulance easily is the number eight film for me for worst films of 2022. Number seven is Jurassic World Dominion. Jurassic World has been a pretty bad franchise from the get-go. The first Jurassic World, I was like, okay, they're trying something different. Then you had Fallen Kingdom come around, and you're like, oh boy, they're just jumping into stupid. And then this film came around, and it was like, oh, the stupid continues. And, and now you're actually bringing in people from the original Jurassic Park series to try to make it seem like it's better and in the end, you just waste them. You waste their talent. You waste their potential and give us just, again, one of these weird, I, I would imagine mostly studio-made, cookie-cutter, action, Jurassic, dinosaur chase movies that just does not work in really any capacity whatsoever, especially from a story uh, standpoint. It picks up from where the last film left off, and it, again, goes even further with its stupidity. The, the bad guy in the movie, by the way, the bad guy in the movie is Steve Jobs. And no, no, no. Like, the bad guy in the movie is Steve Jobs. Or actually, it's a combination of Steve Jobs and Tim Cook, right? So the former and current head of Apple. That's how the guy looks and, and how the guy presents himself. And then the big bad in the movie is not even just the dinosaurs. It's giant locusts. It's locusts that have been genetically modified from Jurassic material. <laughs> uh, yes. That's what they decided to give us. Jurassic locust and uh that's pretty much all there is to say about that terrible terrible movie and again goes to show you that just because chris pratt's in a movie doesn't mean one that it's going to be good or two that it's worth going to see and the fact that this film just made a billion dollars makes me very very sad coming in at number six we have fantastic beast the secrets of dumbledore and I says it's actually misspelled, and I don't care because the movie was so bad that having that misspelling there makes actually perfect sense to me. This movie, I honestly believe, only exists to justify tweets that were made by J.K. Rowling years ago when she said, well, actually, uh, you know, Dumbledore's gay. Because what is the secret of Dumbledore? Oh, it's that he had a romantic relationship with Grindelwald. So not only do you have the giant depth stuff, right, where they kick him out because of Amber Heard, which, again, because of the court case we all know is, you know, we know how crazy she she actually really is in, you know, is really the bad guy in that relationship. I don't think either of them are good, but, again, who is worse? I think Amber Heard clearly lost that battle, <laughs> lost that PR battle and court battle, by the way. But you have that going on. Obviously, I didn't hate the recasting of Grindelwald because I do like the actor, that they got to to play his character. But again, the whole movie exists to justify the change that was made just haphazardly by J.K. Rowling that 
all along, Dumbledore's actually been gay, and this film exists to be able to justify it, and then just doesn't really do much else. I remember there was something with a creature that that bowed before the person that is supposed to be the new min minister of magic or supposed to be the new head of something. And I was like, this is so convoluted. How does this make any sense? And then you, of course, have all the other supporting characters that, for the most part, are doing most of nothing. So number six worst film of all, or rather, worst, uh, number six worst film of 2022 easily goes to Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Let's hope that this is the last one. Let's really hope this is the last one because it's just it's just gotten to the point where they need to stop. Please, get help. You need to stop as the meme goes. All right, now we're getting into the top five. So these are my top five worst films of 2022. Coming in at number five is Morbius. Okay, I love the Morbius memes. It's Morbin time is, is hilarious and fantastic. But even with all of that, right, even though I think that this film will eventually develop some type of like cult following as being one of like the best worst movies ever and people are going to like create new fan editions and cuts or something right where people are just going to have fun with how bad the movie is doesn't change the fact that the movie is really really bad all right i mean easily one of the worst films that was made this past year whether it's the cgi whether it's the acting or whether it's just again the very stupid convoluted story that just does not work especially on a screen level all you're left with then are the memes. And the memes are great. The memes are fantastic. All right. But the movie is not. It's it's boring. It drags along. And again, features really bad CGI. And ultimately, it continues to prove that Jared Leto is not a leading person. He, he is not a leading character. He is not a leading man. And I don't know why they have not figured that part out yet. Um, but until they do... I think you're going to continue to see Jared Leto be put in roles that are just not going to make money at the box office. It'd be hilarious if Morbin, if Morbius gets like a actual full-fledged sequel to the point of them actually trying, and actually we see a redemption arc take place. That would be fun. But uh, yeah, number five worst film of the year easily is Morbius. It's Morbin time. But there are four other films that I thought were actually worse, and you'll see a theme I think in many of them. Coming in the number fourth. Worst film of 2022, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's right. When you have a movie featuring, continuing to feature subpar CGI from, from the MCU, the MCU is just known these days for having bad CGI, adding to that the fact that you have a force field surrounding your kingdom that can be opened by drumming on water, and then also behind the drums of water, you have what looks to be like a disc station, like a disc jockey, a DJ station, and then you have villains that are <laughs> that are just basically convoluted and conjured up together, right? Loosely, very, very loosely based off of the original comic uh, characters and comic uh, group. You compare, you know, according according to people who are actual knowledgeable of the source material. When you have that going on, you have then also your lead villain as Namor, not even just Namor, but Namor. And you have the Namor character, and he's got his little wings on his feet, right? And he is established as being the first mutant, even though that's not really apparently what he's supposed to be known for. And then you have, oh, wait, what kills him? What, what, how do we defeat him? How do we possibly defeat this, this unstoppable force and mutant? Oh, let's just get a bunch of blow dryers and dry him out. Amongst many other problems, like them being able to break into Wakanda and, and so many other things... It's just a giant mess of a movie, and uh, yeah, poor Javik Bozeman, 
legacy, right, is just, I think, tarnished by this movie. They don't really offer him any type of, of respect. They don't really offer him any good send-off in any way, I think. And, uh, yes, and sadly, this is what we're left with, is this is the, the future of the MCU, right? The MCU, as we constantly, as we constantly see... Uh, mentioned by Gary from Nerdrotic, but he's just so right and so on the nose with it, and now it's becoming even that much more prominent, especially with the other films that are on this list. So coming in at the number three spot then, no one's surprised here, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's right. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Wanda, as some have called it, because ultimately this film is not a Doctor Strange movie. It is a movie that exists solely to prop up two female characters. You have, of course... The villain in Scarlet Witch, who we continue to also see their writing. Again, this is how abysmal their writing is for, for Marvel in general. They, in the series of WandaVision, have her imprison an entire town, including children. You know, psychological torture, to say the very least. And then they end it as if she should be justified in her choice. As if they're just going to be like, okay, you did something bad, we're just going to let you go. And then she continues on in this as the bad person, as the bad guy. And then all of a sudden, you realize, no, actually, even within the story that they're telling, and even though she's doing all these terrible things, they're still trying to make her out to be understandable. They're still trying to justify, in some weird, twisted way, the actions that she is doing. So it exists to prop her up. And then, of course, it also exists to prop up America Chavez, who's the actual protagonist in the movie. Who is that? Great question. I only know from what this movie tells me. And she is the daughter of two moms. So I'm sure that is probably a big part of why they decide to have her be a big part of this movie. And her power is that she can make a star shape that allows her to jump between different universes. Ergo, you get the multiverse. And whereas a film like Everything Ever All at Once is a very fun multiverse movie, this film is not. It's a giant mess. They could have done so much more, and in the end, they completely miss out. So that's my number three worst film of 2022. And that leaves the number two movie. So these are my top two worst films of 2022. Yeah, you're probably like, wait, what is number one going to be? Because you have a, probably a good idea of what number two is going to be, and you would be correct. That's right, Thor Love and Thunder. Yes, a complete waste of the talents of, uh, of so many actors, and ultimately one of the, the worst treatments of the character of Thor that we have ever seen, right? Whether it's his uh, bromance with Star-Lord, whether it is his relationship with Mjolnir, whether it is the fact that they decide to bring in female Thor. Don't call her female Thor. She's mighty Thor. No, she's Jane Foster, who happens to some reason be able to grab Mjolnir and get the power of Thor, even though she's not actually Thor. And it happens in such a way, and is explained in such a way, that just leaves one who doesn't have any comics experience scratching their head saying, well, that just seems convoluted put together, last minute. <laughs> in addition to that, you have a film that features so much so-called comedy from Taika Waititi, who, as I mentioned previously, I actually enjoy his earlier work. The problem is, is that he got so big so very quickly, especially with a film like Ragnarok, that I think he has kind of lost the forest for the trees, and so much so, in fact, that even people like Jeremy Johns have said this is one of the worst films to come out this year because it took all of the fun that some, you know, Marvel films sometimes have in them and then decided to put it on crack and then took that 
that that that child on crack and then decided to take that child on crack and then also put heroin in them and then in addition to that allow them to raise themselves and, and again be raised by wolves over a period of 10 to 20 years and then that is what gives us this movie and yes that convoluted explanation i just gave explains actually is probably a better story in fact than what we get from thor love and thunder and again uh it was bad it was really really bad coming in though at my number one worst film of the year. And I guarantee you, I I would be surprised if even one person has seen this movie. As I said, I don't see all the movies that come out. But there are sometimes movies, and I try to avoid bad movies. But sometimes there's a movie that comes out where I say, wait a minute, this exists? I kind of need to check this out. And that's what happened with this one. And I regretted every single second of it. And it was really, really, really bad. And the number one worst film of 2022. (laughs) Again, you're not going to see this one coming. 13, the musical. Yes. You're wondering, what in the world is this? I've never heard of this. And why would you watch this? Well, let me take you back in time a little bit. So when I was living in New York, I uh, saw a lot of Broadway shows. Big fan of theater. Been a big fan of theater for a very long time. And there was a show that got released on Broadway called 13 The Musical. Actually featured a young Ariana Grande before she went off to become a crazy pop star doing crazy things and getting surgeries on her face and just, again, really falling off the wagon in a lot of ways, I would say. She was a great singer. She actually had a lot of prospects to become a future Broadway star and unfortunately threw those away just so that she could become a pop star. It just is kind of sad and, 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 and disturbing. So she was in this musical and the musical actually was really, really fun. It's the story about a boy who happens to be Jewish, who is in the process of planning for a party for his bar mitzvah. And all of a sudden his life gets turned upside down because his parents separate. And instead of being in this big city in New York city, right? Planning all this event with all of his friends, he has to move all the way to, what was it? Indiana, a small town in Indiana somewhere where he has to start over. Now, again, the musical was actually quite fun. This one took all of the fun that was in that musical, decided to add in a bunch of random characters and change the story in just enough ways that it was very clear that their attempt was to be as inclusive of a film as possible to the point of changing key and core elements of the story, including changing a key character who was supposed to be someone who had, again, a, a, a physiological illness, um, physiological, physical illness where they had to use crutches in order to be able to, and instead put him in, in, in a wheelchair and decide to change it so much so that anything that existed, the soul of the actual story itself, clearly went out the window. This film featured, I think, Josh Peck from Jake, Drake and Josh. I think he was in the movie at some point randomly. Um... There's a bunch of other random people in the film. And let me just say it this way. It's not good. In fact, if you were to look at it, if you were to come across this on Netflix and you would be looking at the trailer for this one or anything, you'd be like, what in the world? I'm not going to watch this crap. And you shouldn't. Easily the worst film of 2022. And again, I've not seen everything, but all the films all the films that I have seen, this is by far the worst. And these are the top 10 worst films and all of the, uh, again, all of the dishonorable mentions as well so anyway for those watching live thank you very much for bearing with me but i'm gonna go ahead and put a sign off in here don't worry we will continue the live show but just so that way we can uh put this uh, put a nip in this as a video so again if you're watching this out of the fact what are y'all's thoughts what were your worst films of 2022 let me know in the comment section down below if you like this video smash that like button like the fire button Aussie, you're all amazing and beautiful people all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless 
So thank you all very much for the live audience for uh, putting up with that. But yeah, I think I might try to do that more often, put some official, you know, actual uh, segments into into the show in that way. All right, let's get into the chat. And again, I know I've probably got a lot of people in the YouTube side of things, especially. All right, let me head over to Rumble. Ken Kane Rumshki, what's going on? It says, what do you think about the FNT intro theme song? I think it's great. Dan Vask is amazing. Uh, Dan Vask is fantastic. I love the addition that he did of of that song. And uh, also, shout out to Perry Chan for being able to put my face onto a giant <laughs> Odin's body. I think it's hilarious. Uh, let's see. Bianca Zombie, what's going on? Welcome back. Try to see if anyone tagged me again. Put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. King Kane Rumsky tagged to do and say, did you ever find the slide with Jeremy's nomination on it? Uh, I Yes, I did. And it is on my website, I believe. I put it on ombreviews.com so that people could actually uh, see it. Let me see. I might be able to pull that up real quick since you had mentioned it. Because I think I ended up saving it in uh, in here. But uh, wait a minute. No, sorry. I, I got the wrong slideshow. So I don't have that slideshow with me right now. But if you go to my website, ombreviews.com, and you uh, go down to the... In fact, let me go ahead. I can pull that up. So my website, and you go up to Raven Awards. Raven Awards for 2022. You will see the list right here. Right? So NBC of the Year. And let me see. I'm pretty sure. There it is. There it is right here. Okay. So for Shill of the Year, this was the only one that I was uh, missing. Oh, no. I zoomed in too much. Too much zoom. A little bit too close. So this was the one slide that was missing. So there's the image of the rock. There's the typical image of Grace Randolph. A great image of James Cameron. Uh, the typical cringy photo of, of John Campia. And then the best photo, I think, of Jeremy on the internet. It's <laughs> so, oh, I love it. I love it so much. Him without his hat, uh, you know, clearly showing his hair. Oh, why does it keep doing that? Why does it keep jumping like that? There it is. Look at this. Look at this dude. Look at this dude right here. Oh, can I open it in a new tab? No, I can't because it's, it's a part of the actual image. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, this is the one slide that was missing from the Raven Award nominations. But, yeah, I mean, if this image doesn't make you want to vote for him for show of the year, I don't know what else will. But I will say, I think John Campy has this, has a, a similar face. Um, but, yeah, if you want to vote in the Raven Awards, go ahead and put your nominations in. <laughs> Jeremy is very excited about it, man. He, he is like, hey. I got to beat John Campia. I got to do it. Um, and I will say this much. If we get close to it and it's looking like he's winning, I will I will try the best that I can to get him on uh, the show to accept his award. Though I will probably still have to be like, hey, but I need you to keep your mouth clean. And I obviously can't guarantee that from him. So <laughs> anyway, all right, <laughs> let's get back into the YouTube chat as it is, of course, jumped on me. No surprise there. So let's see what y'all had to say about the best and, or rather, in this case, the worst films of 2022. Dan Blackroyd, what's going on? Welcome. Rosie G12, this was at 7.13. It's 7.58. So again, I fall behind as I typically do. And she says, frankly, I could care less about what Gunn is doing. I have superhero fatigue. Uh, get a new idea already, Hollywood. I agree. I think that's a very good point, right? So even if James Cam, sorry, not James, even if James Gunn was right Re doing something revolutionary with the with the franchise 
I think people are just so burnt out on it. And one of the things that I've been doing recently, if you've followed the community tab on YouTube, you may have seen it. Uh, I think I posted it on Twitter as well. Is I, I tried to see, is there a way for me to go back in time a little bit and try to retroactively figure out based on average ticket price for a year and the reported domestic for domestic totals for original runs, what kind of ticket sales are we looking at? And what I found fascinating is that you can see clearly how 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 fewer people are going to see movies today than they once were. What was actually even more incredible for me was I think it was Top Gun Maverick was up against uh, Avengers Infinity War, and it actually I think ended up outselling uh, as far as total number of tickets uh, being concerned, specifically domestically. All right, it's impossible for me to know how to be able to work that out internationally because. Every country is going to have a different average ticket price, right? Um, and there's also, of course, the added uh, confusion about, okay, well, taking average ticket price when you have, in both cases, Top Gun Maverick and Avengers Infinity War, okay, but what about those tickets that cost more? Wouldn't their overall ticket average be higher than the overall yearly average? Sure. But I think because of those films both having a similar situation, probably cancel out in a way. But that's been something interesting to look into because I think that is the best way to really metric anything is is total ticket sales. It's just unfortunately there isn't a very good metric of of those things, as I've mentioned previously. Let's see, Crisco says Triangle of Sadness is my worst film of the year. Somehow won Golden Palm and Cannes and got nominated for Best Picture, and I really don't know why. Yeah, based on the premise of it, it's a bunch of elites that get uh, their ship gets wrecked or something. That's isn't that what it is? Yeah. Did not make any sense to me either as to why that one got, but I haven't seen it, so I can't speak to it. Um, one film that I haven't seen, but I'm genuinely, intri genuinely intrigued by, I've heard good and bad things about it, is that film Tar with uh, Kate Blanchett. I want to say it is on, was it on Peacock or something? Um, so there's a couple of films that are, are going on to streaming soon that I'll, I'll finally be able to actually watch. Uh, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan says it's super cold where she is. John Evan Bear says, speaking of Super Mario Brothers, what are your thoughts on the original live action film from 1993? I think it's a cult classic. I actually love it. It's not a good movie. It's not a good Mario movie. But it's it's just so bad that I find a lot of enjoyment in it. Um, so, yeah. But even though the film obviously was complete trash and I doubt the upcoming animated one will be anywhere close to that bad. Uh, in fact, it probably has a good chance of even being good. Um it is still interesting, right, that, oh, massive property in Warner, or rather, massive property in Super Mario, right, and yet no one went to go see it. Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you, thanks for being here. Master Gaming says, I agree, James Gunn, DCU slate is disappointing. I'm confused, Ezra Miller is still in DCU, but Henry Cavill isn't. James Gunn should have just recast everybody. Yeah, I was listening to the video, and I didn't hear him say it, but there was an article that uh, I will try and pull up from Deadline. Uh, it'll be one of the last things that we, we talk about. But essentially, it, it tries to bring up, um, it, it tries to bring up the fact that apparently uh, he actually even said that he thinks that everything going on with that situation will will be okay. That like he'll actually recover or something. Again, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but. If he did say that, that does not sound very good. I mean, if that is your grasp on the situation um, of, oh, yeah, I think that that he'll he'll pull through again. I think it's good to have a positive you know, thought about somebody. But I mean, let's just let's just be honest. You know, let's just let's just be honest and let's just try to be as clear as we possibly can 
in the process as well. So I can't seem to find that specific article, but we'll head back into the chat because I know that it's been a little while since I've been in the chat. Jeremy Sikowski, Titus say James Gunn, DCEU is going to be a disaster. They kept Ezra Miller despite his behavior. They got rid of Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and ultimately, you look at Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot, and those were the best castings they really had. I mean, Wonder Woman 84 sucked, so I understand why you might stop or want to reboot that, but Gal Gadot wasn't the issue. Gal, Gal Gadot's not the reason why it failed. It failed because it won the release structure, let's be honest, the HBO Max day and date release structure for, for 84, and also because the movie was not good. The movie was just a complete train wreck. It was a complete bore, and everything about it was just bad. And the CGI, of course, was was cringeworthy, and that's what's really getting me about the James Gunn thing and about so many other things is that they go off and blame or punish the people that are the last ones that deserve it. You know, it's like, again, Gal Gadot was actually probably the only reason why the film made as much money as it did. Henry Cavill, I would say, is, again, another draw. Not that he's a huge box office draw because that age of Hollywood's kind of dead, but enough of a draw from both of these people where you are pushing more people away from your franchise, right? Hardcore fans of, of the Snyderverse, hardcore Henry Cavill fans, because Henry Cavill is actually, it actually has fans outside of his film work. People want to see him succeed because of what he has said, because he comes across as a normal guy. He builds computers. He plays games. He comes across as an every, you know, as an everyday guy. He also doesn't try to, to dive into the political waters, and when he does, he actually ends up saying things that most people would say, if they have, a, of course, a conscience, would be like, hey, that's actually pretty good. Oh, I actually like what he's saying here. But yeah, I know, John Evan Bear, it is just amazing. It is amazing to see that happen. Uh, ZLG says, Avatar is horrible, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, I saw your message earlier, too, so you were talking about how I bring up inflation all the time. I do. I've brought it up for every major release, but again, for some reason, they just can't quite understand it. Yeah, adjusted for inflation metrics and analytics, we say, let the data speak. Exactly. Exactly. That's why whenever I have any comparison chart, the numbers has a nice little toggle where it's like, hey, adjust for inflation. Yes, please. Because that's, to me, the only way I can look at these things and, and have a fair, you know, let these films have a fair shake. Because if people are going to say, well, this film is making, you know, well, if you look at the, you know, the the comparison between this movie and this movie, this film has a $20 million edge. And then you realize, oh, wait a minute, this film came out five, ten years ago. Oh, wait, now that I've adjusted for what this would mean in today's dollars, oh, it's actually pretty similar. Oh, wait, actually, now we can actually look at this and say, oh, this movie likely will end something to, you know, something to be very similar. But, yeah, people don't want to... Use common sense on that. Orange Review says, This Eliza Blue thing. My thoughts, Lord Beerus says it best. I'm a destroyer god. I'm not here to take sides. Yeah, pretty much. Jacob Ironside, what's going on? Welcome. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says, And that's why Jeremy deserves chill of the year, other than the fact that he is Jeremy. <laughs> and I love Jeremy. I love him. Uh, Viewcart, what's going on? Welcome. Hail to you. Thanks for being here. All right, so this is what I started to give in my... Worst films of 2022. General Wings for Titus say, GoldenEye now on Switch. Are you playing? So I've I've downloaded it and I've opened it one time and I was trying to figure out how the multiplayer worked and I did not see any options for it. So I'm confused on that because I thought it was supposed to come with online multiplayer. Maybe I'm entering the wrong place. 
but I've not had any time to really sit down and play it. I've heard some people say that the controls need to be remapped for it to work in a like logical fashion, uh, but I'm excited. I love GoldenEye, and I cannot wait to actually play that. Forever Size says, I couldn't get through more than 15 minutes of Jackass Forever, and I enjoyed the first three. Exactly. Again, I am someone that actually did enjoy the previous movies. I thought that, again, the quality was definitely hit or miss between them. But, yeah, this re- this most recent one was just not good. Soul Sass says, Jackass Forever was a fun movie, but it was 10 years too late. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that's actually a very fair thing to say. That maybe had it come out 10 years ago, it would have been better. But I think also, too, like for me at least, I got really... I don't know. it With all the stuff that they're doing on set, to still see them like wearing masks or doing like the half-wearing mask stuff... And maybe it's because it was the rules and the law and they would have been shut down if not. But it just, to me, came across as so disingenuous and stupid. So that probably played, played, played a role in it, too. Let's see. Gary Badger Sandwich says, Jackass was a was a best retelling of past stunts done for this movie. Yeah, and I think that, it's again, it's like we're out of ideas, basically. And so, you know, yeah, it's, it's a, it was a little bit too much. Let's see. Rosie G says, I saw a puppy. Yeah, both uh, pups are in here. Uh, right now, they're they're snoring and sleeping. Soul Assassin, the Uncharted fan film is better than the movie, and it stars Nathan Fillion. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've actually never seen that one, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. Uh, General Wingstar Petrol, Oon just doesn't like good movies. Yeah, I figured some people would get triggered by Violet Knight not being, or rather being on my worst list. Uh, her sci-fi says I watched Black Adam for free and wanted my money <laughs> and wanted my time back. It was so stupid. Why as heroes they choose to pick a fight in the middle of a city is something I can't understand, amongst many other things. Harvey says a scripted foreign subtitle file for Ant-Man 3 leaked, revealing the whole plot. Doesn't sound like a terrible plot, but the ending is too sequel baity for my taste. Yeah, as you all know, I don't really care about the leaks when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I just I'm so done with the MCU at this point. By the way, Heimdall did at 736 post the link. Uh, to the ballot if you want to vote for the best and worst of 2022. Jess Pena says, I understand. Have a nice stream. Well, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Nick Napoli, what is going on? Steven, did I say your thoughts that James Gunn's still having Ezra Miller regardless of his criminal action? Do you think this will backfire? Oh, I think he's... So here's the thing. And I think some other people have said it. I'm probably not the first. I think the only reason why he is not throwing Ezra Miller under the bus is because the film hasn't come out yet. I think as soon as The Flash is out and the box office... Uh, reporting and the, and the box office metrics are are out there to the point where anything that is said about him is is going to be irrelevant. I think they're going to throw him under the bus. I really do, right? And um, the reason why, again, is because to throw him under the bus now would mean that even though people like us would say, that might actually make me want to go see your movie. Let's just be honest. Most of us would probably still not go to see it. But to do that would cause... A backlash from another side, for one, right, of people who somehow support him, which I don't think would be that many, but more so, it would create a lot of negative press and a negative attention, and you might think, well, you know, any press is good press, but at the same time, do you really want your story, again, you throw him under the bus, and now all of a sudden you're being told, oh, so if you are condemning his actions, why are you still releasing the movie, or why aren't you cutting him? And now you've just opened up Pandora's box. So I think they're doing this from a strictly business standpoint. Only time will tell, but that's just my own initial thought on it. 
And uh, Stephen, I am not going to read all the questions because I, I see that you have posted several. So always, always just be kind when it comes to the the questions. I, I do like them, but I also I don't like when there's just a million of them. Uh, let's see, Garbage Sandwich Worthington says, uh, "Who green let these dumpster fires needs to stop working for Hollywood?" Agreed for sure. Soul Assassin member says, "Can't top the original Jurassic Park movie, but the Lost World and even Jurassic Park Three are better than the world film." Oh, for sure, absolutely. I actually have a very special place in my heart. For the Lost World, I actually really enjoy that movie uh, more than I probably should. Uh, Jurassic Park Three is where it really falls off for me, though. There's some good things in there, I guess. But all right, Steven says, "Is there anything you're looking forward to regards to the new setup of the DCU?" No, I, I again, I I don't care about a lot of the superhero films that they have in general, and when it, it comes to what's being set up, no, I don't. I really, really don't. General Meister, did you know that Dumbledore is gay? Also, Dobby is a furry. Really? Uh, what do you think of the new Batman 2 title? I haven't seen it, so I, I don't really care. Uh, I, again, the, the Batman was... It didn't make it onto my worst list, but if if I had to make a list of like biggest disappointments, the Batman would be on there. I did not like it. Um, the what the, They did the Riddler dirty. More specifically, they did Paul freaking Dano an actor I really enjoy and I, I really appreciate. They did him dirty by writing his character the way they did. So, uh, let's see. At 745, at this point, what place do you think Avatar 2 will be in top box office all time? It just surpassed Force Awakens. So, Steven, that's without adjusting for inflation. So, I'm not even going to talk about it because I don't have an actual real list of what the actual biggest films of all time actually are. So, anyway. Harwood has say, the 2004 David Chassay version of Death on the Nile had Emily Blunt in the role of Gal Gadot played in the Piranha one. Interesting. Soul Assassin, isn't Thor a public domain character? I'd like to see a God of War film about Thor. I guess I guess if they were to do it specifically, I guess if they were to do it specifically under the guise of the of the Norse god and not anything related to the con- that's a I think that's a very tricky thing, right? Because they basically did appropriate, right, a culture in Norse mythology and turned it into a comic. So I do kind of wonder about the ramifications and can they really own, I guess, can they really own the mythology of Thor? I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh, some people are like, what? You hated 13, not 13 lives. The musical. No, not 13 lives. 13. Uh, smash the like button. People absolutely orange. I thank you for letting people know. Uh, 74 people were watching at one point. Please smash that like button. It really does help out with the algorithms and such. Yeah, most people probably had not heard about it. So, um, Mark2000 says, Never heard of 13 the Musical, but based off of the outdated second-rate high school musical-looking poster, I'll pass. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, th- and that's just the thing, too, right, is that 13 the Musical um, itself... Let me see if I can pull up on... So... The original Broadway production came out in 2008. So I guess their mindset was, well, the first version came out in 2008, so we got to update it. But that's also the reason why it's my number one worst film is because they were like, oh, yeah, we need to update it. And we all know what that means. And I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm just one amazed that this is on Netflix and not on Disney+. Plus. But also it's like I feel I feel bad for any teenager who gets like roped into watching this because they either like musicals or maybe they heard of the Broadway show because to me there's just again there's so much identity politics crap in it and it's a show that doesn't have any of that in it 
and it just becomes it just becomes that much more egregious and it, it takes away any and all of the magic that existed um you know in it in that way so again this one came out uh so the original musical itself debuted on broadway 2008 it got its initial start in 2007 so that's usually the way that um you know that 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 usually goes so the original high school musical came out in 2006 so these were right around the same time so actually i would probably say that both of them um probably did not have to borrow from one another in any way so yeah very very sad that it <laughs> ended up being as crappy as it was oh man yeah do it live the no hair jeremy <laughs> The ugliest photo of Jeremy. Yep. When Florida man tries to look respectable. <laughs> Jeremy's a shill of the year. Hey, I think that a lot of people will vote for him. One commandment says, Glad to see Halloween ends and Jurassic World Dominion on the list. Two movies I hated. Yeah, they were not good. Absolutely. A lot of people are, are saying that they have voted for uh, Jeremy as a shill of the year. Hey, again, click on the link to vote for the Wednesday Raven Awards and you can absolutely vote for him. Let's see, over on Rumble, let me see. Again, much love to my Rumble people, not seeing anyone tag. So again, if you have a comment or question, no matter what platform you're on, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment, at Odin, it lets me know you're trying to get my attention, and it just helps me filter through the rest of the comments. Master Gaming says, why is Babylon on the films you want to see on your website? Uh, because my website oftentimes is not updated, and... Remember, Babylon was supposed to come out a while ago, and it got delayed. And so the only thing I knew about it initially was that it was a film by the same uh, by, by the same director and writer of Whiplash, and it was supposed to be based in Hollywood. So I thought, oh, maybe he'll be able to pull this one around. La La Land wasn't all that good. First Man was slightly better than La La Land, but not all that great. Maybe this is the one that puts him back on the map, but ultimately it wasn't. So... Yeah, that, that just hasn't been updated. Kimberly G. Mortal Kombat was trash, but I love it. Wait a minute. Did Mortal Kombat come out this year? I complete... Or was that last year? It's gotta be last year. Yeah, okay, yeah. It was a 2021 film. I was like, wait a minute. Did I forget one? No, it came out last year. <laughs> it rather came out in 2021. Because, <laughs> yeah, if, if that movie... I come out this year. That wouldn't. I think that was on my worst of list last year. Mr. Minnesota hockey fan says, "Have not seen any of these movies. The Northman was the only movie I saw last year. Yeah, um, and that one to me was a disappointment. Personally, it was not a bad movie, but it wasn't as great as I as I wanted it to be." Forever Sci-Fi says, "I was disappointed that the relaunch of Mr. Science Theater 3000 did not take on that Super Mario movie. Oh, they should have. It would have been perfect." Kimberly G says, the first one with bad CGI and Raiden as Christopher Lambert. Oh, oh, the 90s one. Okay, yeah. No, the original, uh, yeah, the original Mortal Kombat with the great soundtrack. Love that film. I think most people still consider that to be one of the best comic book adaptations. Or rather, video, sorry, video game adaptations. And I, I stand by that. It's a lot of fun. Let's see. Uh, Tina's back. <laughs> What's going on, Tina? Oh, man. 
All right, let's see. Looking for at Odin. Let's see. Soul Assassin member says, "Goldeneye party at Odin's. I'll bring pizza." Hey, again, if I can, if I, if I can figure out the multiplayer or anything like that, I would love to be able to to try to work that out because I would love to do uh, multiplayer with slappers only. All right, General Winster says this: Goldeneye multiplayer is a mess. They put online only on Switch and split screen only on Xbox. It should be the other way around. It's weird. Okay, so you can multiplayer. I guess, do you have to enter in the game from the N64 expansion, or do you have to go to online and then open it from there? Because I would love to be able to play uh, some multiplayer, uh, if it's possible and secure, to be able to play some multiplayer with some peeps. Some slappers only fighting, I think, would be hilarious. <laughs> slappers only or i think there was an option you could do with like golden guns only <laughs> it's like one shot kills uh, my favorite part of the multiplayer in goldeneye was always the end when it gave you certain awards so like most cowardly if you were always running away from people and things like oh it was it was always great i love i, I miss a lot of memories playing that with my my two brothers especially on the good old n64 Rob D, what's going on? Hardwick says, I always liked Jurassic Park 3 better than Lost World, but that might be because I'm a Joe Johnson fan. Yeah, and again, I think that there's some elements of the third one that I like, but overall, I I, I remember I had not watched The Lost World up until maybe five years ago. Like, I just had glossed over it because I'd always heard really bad things. And then I finally watched it, and I just was very pleasantly surprised. And I was like, oh, I actually like this. I actually think this is fun. Sandy Sandy, I'm sorry you didn't get a notification. Dang you, YouTubes. Just know I always stream every Monday, sorry, every Tuesday and Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And if that ever changes, I always post on all the social medias, Twitter, the YouTube uh, community tab, the Discord server. So please, uh, and also on my Logos community. So please follow on one of those platforms and you will never have to worry about YouTube not giving notifications. Harbrick says, Marvel doesn't own Thor in general, just the aspects unique to their version. The mythological version has red hair and other differences from the Marvel version. Ah, okay. So what I'm hearing is that there needs to be a Thor movie that's non-MCU. Yeah, that's what I was able to I was able to find that one. Yeah, Kimberly G, I think we <laughs> figured that out. Again, I fall behind the chat, so it is there. Goldeneye, Cry Shops only, I will be odd job. Hey, again, I, I don't care who I am in it. Uh, but <laughs> I also wonder if there's a lot of lag in the online version, uh, with the online multiplayer, because could you just imagine delayed slaps? It's like, wait a minute. The hitbox is already confusing enough. Add on top of that, the delay, <laughs> uh, for sci-fi, uh, Jurassic Park three was stupid. Five minutes in and I want dinosaurs to eat those stupid parents shouting to their kid on the island full of giant predators. Yeah. Oh, no. Trust me. There are a lot of problems with it. And then, of course, you have, you know, uh, the main the main lead coming back into the story. And he is able to, with this machine, craft what would have been like, what, the trachea or the voice box of a velociraptor. And then is able to, like, do the fake sounds with and like speak to them. Yeah. There's a lot of things in there. Uh, the, the guy that played the kid though, if anyone ever saw the Disney, I think it was a Disney channel release of, it was called genius. It's about the kid who goes to college when he's like 14 years old, teaches at a college course and is trying to find the graviton and he loves hockey. 
And the film also features a young... Oh, my goodness. I'm blanking out on her name. Um, but let me see if I can look up... Let's see. D- Genius Disney Channel. We like to do things live here on the channel. Yeah, it's from, it was from 1999. A, a young Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum. But yeah, Trevor Morgan, who played uh, Charlie Boyle in, in that movie. Genius. That's a fun one. I actually really, really like that uh, movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> back when Disney Channel movies were just fun, you know? Kigan Rumsky says, I was hoping you put Avatar 2 on the top 10 worst. I know. And I bet everyone was expecting that. That's why I can't wait to see uh, the comments on the video when I post it tomorrow morning. Because Lord knows that people are probably going to either expect it or they're going to flip out because it happens to be a dishonorable mention. But it's so funny to me because some of the biggest like complaints that people bring is, you never bring this up with Marvel movies. It's like, you, ha- you don't watch my channel. I badmouth Marvel stuff all the time because that stuff is crap too. <laughs> and yet, what made it into my top five the big three Marvel releases from this past year. <laughs> Guess what didn't make it even to my top 10? Avatar 2, even though the film was terrible. <laughs> oh, I love it. Rob D. The OG Star Wars Battlefront 2 had awards like GoldenEye. If you died the most recent times, you got prestigious Bantha Fodder Award. <laughs> I like that. That's fun. Let's see. Rosie G says, this chat could spend a weekend and write a better movie than most put. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, Rosie G. I completely agree with that assessment. Let's see. Ingrid Plaza, thank you very much for the $5 super chat. Says, have you seen Fire of Love? I think it's my favorite documentary of the year. I have not seen that. Uh, I tend not to see too many documentaries. Obviously, uh, the documentary What is a Woman made it onto my top 10 best movies of the year i think it's still i think it's one of the most important films to come out in the last 10 years uh especially documentary it just because of the subject matter it's so important for us to know what is actually going on the insanity that is the whole identitarian you know nonsense um but no i have not seen that but uh i will definitely uh look into it because again i tend not to watch a lot of documentaries but i'll watch them here and there so any replies thank you very much for the super chat i appreciate it Let's see. General Wingster says, I got GoldenEye on Xbox, so I don't know about Switch. Sorry. Yeah, because there is it's exclusive right now, to my knowledge. The multiplayer is exclusive to uh, the Switch, and so therefore th- th- there's not a uh, cross-platform ability there. Rosie G tagged to say, or sorry, member says, was anyone else in the ch- in the chat upset at the passing of Bobby Hull this week off topic. I know, but very sad. I don't really know much about it, to be honest. Uh, master of gaming. People said you didn't adjust for inflation for top gun at Maverick, even though you did. Yeah. I put it up against other films. And every time I put it up against other films that were older, I always toggled on the inflation calculator because that's what I do. (laughs) Rob D. Jeremy the Sill, uh, Jeremy the Shill, and OMB reviews production. Wouldn't that be an amazing movie? Yeah, I think that chat. I think the chat could write that. Did you know that Lisa Loring, the original Wesley Adams, died three days ago? Yeah, absolutely, I did. Um, so make sure you rest in peace. And other than Wednesday, uh, the original Wednesday Adams. Again, I don't really know too much about her, but obviously, uh, my heart goes out to uh, to anyone who passes, and may a perpetual light shine upon her. 
uh, prays that she she died at his state to to enter into the to the eternal embrace of God. And uh, again, for anyone who has has passed on recently. All right, I am caught up in the chat over on YouTube. Let me just check my other places. So, hey, Rumble family, thank you all again for being here. Smash that Rumble button, please. And my Aussie fam, make sure you all light up that fire button because we're going to go ahead and we're, we're going to go ahead and wrap up things there because we're right about at time. And I want to say thank you to everybody who was watching tonight. Uh, again, I know we have a ded- dedicated segment to everything that is going on with the DCU, but I think we talked about it enough in passing and, and responding to the different comments that people were bringing up uh, about the very, uh, you know, about the story and about the fact. Ultimately, when it comes down to that story, though, just to kind of, you know, put a bow on that one, I'm not really excited at all about what they have planned going forward. I think that it sounds, again, the intent is for them to make things more straightforward, and in a way, it is, right? For instance, James Gunn mentions that he wants... Uh, there, there's going to be films and shows that go into animation and come out of animation, and he wants the people who are the live-action editions of the character to be the same people that voice the animated editions. So I think that could ultimately be interesting. That being said, I also just... I look to that and think, okay, they're trying to make things a little bit more cohesive, but then I also look to, okay, but you still have all these other films in the pipeline. You've also decided that you're going to keep some people on, like Viola Davis, but then you're going to drop people like Henry Cavill. And again, jury's still out about whether um, we really do see a, a survival take place um, when it comes to the Flash movie, whether Ezra Miller survives that film or not, because up until the film gets released... Expect them to be fully supportive because they need to be able to try to put on a happy face to get all these things going forward, right? So, um, you know, with all that, again, uh, being said, I think he's trying to do some things that could be good, but ultimately, I think a lot of it is going to end up just kind of going to crap. But with all that being said, that is going to be it for me this evening. Eddie the Viking over on Rumble, though, put in, what would be your predictions of the worst movies for 2023 based on current writings directors? This is the end of the show, man. We're at, we're at the end. I can't go through all the films of 2023 and make that kind of prediction. Come on. Come on. That's like you put early in the show type of thing. But anyway, um, I, I'll try to look into that if I can. But uh, with all that being said, thank you to everyone who was watching tonight. Uh, again, had a lot of fun. Hopefully you enjoyed my my worst uh, top 10 worst of 2022 and my dishonorable mentions. Uh, also, again, we had a conversation about... Uh, a couple of box other things that came up, obviously, with the Avatar stuff still continuing on. People just seem can't seem to, to get over it. Um, and, and also just can't seem to actually watch the videos to actually get the full context of any of the things that I talk about. Um, and we also, of course, talked about the DC situation. And yeah, ultimately, I don't think it's going to it's going to pan out to be all that good. I don't really have a lot of confidence in James Gunn. And I think that, yeah, he made Guardians of the Galaxy 1. And everything else he's made since then has been either decent at best or a disappointment at worst. And I know some people go to bat for him for his Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad movie, but I thought the movie was complete trash, story-wise. Just didn't didn't work. So anyway, with all my thoughts out of the way, I want to say thank you to everyone. Please, again, smash the like button, light up the fire button, awesome, smash the rumble button as well. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. So my next stream will be on Friday on Friday Night Tights, my normal time. And we will, uh, we're planning to have a Saturday evening stream as usual. If you ever need updates 
or a reminder of what my streaming schedule is, please check out my website, ombreviews.com. You can find there not only the streaming schedule, you can also find out previous winners for previous year's Wednesday Raven Awards and also my box office tracking and all other kinds of good information like that. So you guys are great. Thank you to Orange Hat Reviews for being in here modding tonight. It really does help out a lot. And I really do appreciate just having someone to be able just to keep an eye on things uh, when I go into some some of my rants, especially when I'm doing things like best and worst of lists. So you guys are all fantastic. I love you. I love you all. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my January Patreon subscribe star and locals members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and above. Starting off with my Patreon members, Father Luca Illich, Garrett Searles, Jaimeer Ari Hymason, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Orange Chat Reviews, who can check out on his YouTube channel, Orange Chat Reviews, Rosetta Allen, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Eagle Rider, and Miss Martin Muses, who you can check out at her YouTube channel, Miss Martin Muses, and of course, the amazing Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out over on her YouTube channel, Tina B, with her show, Soup to Nuts, which she does, um, tries, to do, tries to do every single week with her friend and with fellow uh, Valkyrie and fellow mod of the channel. Stephanie B. And also a special shout out to the modern major general of the channel, Laura Story. Thank you again for joining. And of course, I do want to give a special shout out to Tina B and make sure that everyone knows that our prayers are being extended towards her as she continues to recover from complications that have occurred uh, recently with her medically and has resulted in a loss of eyesight or at the very least of, of more clear eyesight. So to continue to offer our prayers for her. Also, a shout out to my subscribe star, Peeps Matt 317 who can check out on his Twitch channel by the same name, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J-Rod, The Beer Guru, and The K-Man, who can check out over at xthebounderies.co. And last to my locals members, Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan, How About a Hockey Player, J.H. Schwalbach, Brett D90, and the amazing lawyer Brett, oh, sorry, and the amazing lawyer Robert Barnes. So thank you all very much for supporting me on Locals, Subscribe Star, and Patreon. If you want your name shout out at the end of every live stream and video, please check out the top link in the video description below where you get access to this and also, of course, to a monthly podcast that I do with John the Flickfoot Plickinger. Also, access to a giveaways channel on my Discord where I give away films this month. I've got films like Seven Samurai on Blu-ray from the Criterion Collection to give away The Banshees of Anishirin, Tommy Boy Steelbook, Edge of Tomorrow 4K, and tons of other 4Ks and Steelbooks as they get released over the next month will be available. And also, of course, digital codes as well so if that any of that sounds interesting to you check out that top link and join over on patreon subscribe star or on locals you guys are all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless